0: listening to the Doers podcast right here on the Doers Network. And now here's your host, Donald Robinson II.
1: Well welcome everyone to the Doers Network. I'm Donald Robinson the second your host and for this episode we have Miss Elena Farnsworth, founder and CEO of the Next Education. So we're going to talk about her, her personal story, the history of next education, the services the company provides, and more information. So, Elena, how are you doing?
0: Oh, hi, Don. I'm great. How about yourself?
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you. Well, welcome to the Doers Network. Appreciate having you on the show.
0: Yeah, I'm glad to be here tonight.
1: All right. So in terms of who Elena Farnsworth is, can you tell the listening audience who Elena is and where you grew up and your background and things like that?
0: Oh, wow. Let's just get right to it, Don. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, Elena Farnsworth, you know, I'm just a regular person and that's what's really fun about falling into the industry that I fell into. Um, A lot of people that have heard me speak before that, you know, may or may not know a lot about me. I grew up down South and I was in a time where computers were just beginning. You know, we had, um, it was way before the connectivity that we have today. So back in, you know, the 90s, I had a love for computers because even before that, I, um, I had fallen in love with this thing called a Mac that came into this small community school and no one else knew how to put it together. So because I was so bad at um, sewing and this thing called Home Ec that we used to have, I asked my teacher if I could get a passing grade by putting together the computer. And in a nutshell, that started my love for computers, which took me through a pathway of moving and getting a master's degree in computer science when I was one of only, I was the only female of 36 people in my graduating class. Wow. And I um, I just really fell in love with computers and the connectivity piece. And if I can say that, anything drove me from going to being a developer for a healthcare system, software system, to getting into connected vehicles. The one thing that remained consistent is I loved it and I had a passion for doing it every single day. And that's pretty much how I am now is if you ask me about autonomy and you ask me about anything that we're going to talk about today, I wake up every morning just thankful that I fell into this amazing pathway to be able to change the future.
1: Well, that's wonderful, Elena. Now, now, where are you from in terms of geography?
0: Oh, well, right now I live in Detroit. So I, I live 40 miles north of Detroit. Okay. Um, I grew up down south. Okay. Um, but then, you know, I've lived all over the U.S. I've been fortunate enough to live everywhere from Charleston, South Carolina, to Washington, D.C., to Colorado. And one thing that I have I've been fortunate enough to to talk about and to be with is that people that they're doers. And so that's why I was really excited about coming on the show tonight is because, you know, when you get people that decide they just want to do something, no matter where you are geographically, you can really kind of capture that spirit collectively and you're much more powerful together than you are individually.
1: Sure. Absolutely. And in, in terms of speaking about being a doer, did you always know you'd be a doer, entrepreneur or a leader when you were younger? And also what life experiences encourage you to go down this path?
0: You know, I kind of fell into it. To be real honest with you, Don, I I loved computers, and so for one of my graduate projects or for my ma- uh, for my master's degree, I created a software system. And again, this was before this is before Google. <laughs> okay. So I I built a system on top of what a lot of people remember as Netscape. It was in the days of AOL. So sure. it was at that time it was quite unique. And I've always had. I've always had this desire and spirit to do something different. Now I'll tell you, sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's really bad because there's been many times where I've said, "Oh, let's go this way," and uh, and things just worked out. And there's been other times where you know, you you get down this path and you realize you've gone so far down the path and it's the wrong path. So you have to turn around and go back. Yeah. Um. And I say that because I started out as a computer programmer. And then I found that my real knack was being able to translate requirements and computer programming languages with computer programmers in between the clients. Okay. Um, and that led me down a path from being a programmer to managing at a very young age. I was in my twenties, over a hundred programs across the world, programmers across the world. Um, and that took a lot. It really did to try to juggle different time zones and different programmers and different languages and then. You add on top of that um, client requirements, and it was a new thing. So again, this was way before. This was even before the dot com bomb days. Yep. Um. You know, it was it was really difficult, and there were so many times. I mean, just to be honest with you, where I thought, you know what? Why don't I just go back to school and just be a vet? You know, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Not that that's an easy thing either, but it was a lot more normal um than what back then computers were Uh, a lot of people would tell me are you kidding me nobody's going to trust computers they're not going to let that run all their financial systems and when I was trying to go through this path and I just had this love for it and this passion for it and I kept going and um after a couple of meeting a couple of good people and some not so good people I found I found my way into running a small startup out of Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, And that's where I got my start and my taste as an entrepreneur. Um, I was working for a group of physicians and I was so fortunate that they kind of took me under their wing, which is if I had to say the best thing that ever happened was when we had people or I had people that agreed to mentor me, not only as a, Hey, you need to do computers, but also stuff that I didn't know mattered, which was business. And that was a big, big change for me going, Oh, wait, what? I got to learn about money and I got to care what you know the people think it's not just about ones and zeros and programming so <laughs> that was uh that's how i got my start as an
1: entrepreneur okay and thank you for taking that journey because it led to to where you are now and you're on a fantastic path already so thank you so much <laughs> sure now in, let's fast forward then so in terms of your entrepreneurship career what is the next education well don
0: the next education is uh is a, a training company. And I, I use that word and I say it like that because it's really that next level of education that as the industry and as tomorrow is moving. We see things so much differently than we did 20 years ago. I don't know, Don. Hey, do you remember when we had to drive somewhere to actually use the phone? Oh, yeah. Pay phones. Yes. <laughs> Pay phones.
1: You had to put the quarter in. Yes.
0: Exactly. I saw one of those the other day, and I had to just go in there, just remember what it was like. Right. You know? Um, yeah. So I, I say that with a light heart because we don't realize sometimes, because we are so connected now. That back many years ago, not even that many years ago, I mean, the iPhone only launched back in you know 2007 when the smartphone really became or you know got its beginning. Yep. And if you think about it, that's only a few short years ago, right? Right. So if you think about how quickly things moved in that direction and you think about how quickly things are going to move as autonomy is entering the stage and as connected vehicles are entering the stage, and this is what the next education focuses on. The next education recognizes that education has to change as well. Yes. So we have to have an ecosystem of not only the four-year institution, which there's certainly a place, um, but there's also collaborations and bridges where you can have certifications and learning that occurs throughout your career that allows you to take advantage of the changes that are going on today.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, what are all the services that you provide under the Next Education?
0: Well, we are a training company, so we provide training and certification on autonomous vehicles, connected vehicles, and the autonomous vehicles. A lot of people think that it's only the ground vehicles, but autonomous vehicles also means the unmanned aerial vehicles, so the drones. Wow. Um, and it also, and then we also include, which was extremely important, the intelligent transportation systems. Okay. One of the one of the things, Don, that I think a lot of people have trouble grasping, because there's a lot of buzzwords out there. You hear these words every day, AV, CV, autonomous, sure. automated, yep, You yep. know all these words being thrown around. But what you really have to think about is if you're part of a community that's going to be engaged with this, and you will be, and a lot of communities such as Detroit, which I'm so proud to be a part of, you know, we're already we engaging. And you're not only going to need the engineers, which we do need the engineers. We greatly need the engineers. But we also need people that understand more of the ecosystem. So, what about the installers? Right. You know, what about those who maybe don't want to get the four year degree, but need a, cert- a certification to know how to ground these intelligent transportation systems or to make sure that the camera is positioned well to be able to capture the data and then have it transmitted so it's useful to be used in the smart city environment? Sure. So, that's what the Next Education's core is is to get the people autonomy and intelligent transportation change in the future. And the next education gets people ready for that change.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I think as we go into the next decade, century and, and the like, it's about learning and constant learning. It's not about just one institution providing the learning. I mean, there's all kinds of learning out there. And I'm glad that you all exist to show people that there's not just about college or vocational school. There's also you know, the next education that helps you on the next level of education. And also- That's right. Yeah, and and the other thing, Elaine, is how how did you start the company? What, what inspired you to start the company?
0: Well, it, it's funny, Don. So I mentioned to you earlier a little bit about the, the path that I started onto my entrepreneurship. And I was very fortunate to work in government um, back in early 2000, before 9-11, Okay. And what we found is, is that we were working with software packages that would transmit, and again, data between vehicles and radios and email and pagers back then and all different types of devices, which is the early communication protocols that are the basis of connected and autonomous vehicle. And what we found was is that it was wonderful if you check, have the technology. But if people don't know how to use it, you can have all the technology in the world. The technology will not be used. And that was when we opened a second division of the company, um, which was not this company, but a company before. And we did most of, we ended up having more than half of our revenues based on training. Um, We went into a specific hospital back in 2000, and they had over $2 million worth of devices that was a a financial system and there were three terminals set up and we went to this, the hospital administrator and we said, uh, you know, there's $2 million worth of terminals that are here. Right. And again, it'll be impossible for you to find who this was, but they said, you know, I said, why are people not using it? And they said, well, we put up the first two terminals. Nobody knew how to use it. And because we're a hospital and we are, you know, we would rather have the existing systems that we have and know how to use than to not have enough budget for training and to implement a solution that we don't know how to make effective. Okay. And that's what got us into the educational arena. Um, I aligned myself with curriculum writers, really smart people in their own domain. And when that company sold back in 2006, I, we i took that same knowledge and then we started a new company around let's train on connected vehicle okay. and so that was in 2010 when that when when i first launched the initiatives to start training people on connected vehicle and it was using the same principles as what we learned in the government and yeah. nobody knows how to use it and nobody knows how to build it they're not going to use it
1: right 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 it's and it, not, not that you mentioned about the shift towards connectivity How can tradespeople and technicians and installers of today benefit from connectivity without feeling disconnected in in any kind of way?
0: Oh, my gosh. If there is anything that I could ask for people to take away from this show, it would be do not think because you haven't done it that you can't do it. There are so many jobs that are emerging in the market today. There was a study done just in o- uh, Oakland County, which is just north of Wayne County. I want to say it was two years ago. Forgive me if I'm off by a year or so. But they, they did a, a study, and they were studying connected mobility and the top jobs in the mobility arena. And what they found is, is that there was so much activity that there was new jobs that didn't even have a name that came to fruition at the time that the study was being done. So basically within a six month period, there was a new job that popped up that didn't exist before. Yeah. And I say that because every single day a new job comes to the table and I have, I've worked the last year, very much involved with the technician level training. So we have people that have been, you know, in the field of transportation for Twenty years. Some of them five, some ten, some twenty. They have zero. When I tell you zero knowledge around the data, mo- more of an analog type of um, mindset because that's what they've been trained on. Okay. But they're afraid that hey, I can't get into smart city, which is can't be further from the truth. With some targeted training and with the ability for them to take the knowledge, and we we call it upskilling and reskilling. We take the skills that you have. We identify the areas where you're wanting to go in these fields, which is around connectivity, smart city, intelligent transportation, and autonomy. Sure. We identify how you can get to that through certain credentials and certifications, and then we upskill you on that. Okay. Um, We we just trained a group of of, uh, gentlemen and women and gentlemen from Maryland um, just, I want to say, last month. And, again, their basic – knowledge was in computers but they knew nothing about transportation so they were thinking oh i can't get in transportation because i i have a a plus certification and a networking certification but i can't get in intelligent transportation couldn't have been further from the truth we worked with employers we went in and said um here are the classes that we are going to give them we usually do hands-on training so that you can actually get your hands dirty build a vehicle, build a car, get in and, you know, see if you um, can hook up a, a camera, a 360 camera. Um, and we give them that practical application in order to be able to have the conversation with the recruiter. This is the career pathway that I want to be
1: on. Sure. Sure. And since you mentioned about career path, what kind of jobs in the immediate future are available in the intelligent and in the intelligence and connectivity infrastructure what kind of jobs are out there for that
0: wow now that is a long question okay i it's really <laughs> funny because just yesterday um i needed some data for a report and i asked someone to give me a a, a report around just the region there were you know 19,000 jobs in the region that had to do with intelligent transportation now The challenge that we find many times, I wish I could give you a blanket name, but because the industry is moving so quickly and because it is moving so fast, um, they don't always call themselves the same thing. So we have a lot of jobs that revolve around an electrical type of background. So if if you have an electrician or you have an electrical background or you have a propensity for welding or you've been involved in any kind of maintenance. Um, there's a lot of jobs that are for the installers, for the folks that will maintain and fix the systems in intelligent transportation. Um, there's a, a need for like the survey level. It's it's a lot of the normal, but with some additional skill set, which back to my term upskilling and reskilling, um, there are literally thousands of jobs in intelligent transportation that are here today and that there's just going to be even more tomorrow. And if you want to go down even a further trail. Um, Anything with cybersecurity related to all of these systems is just a tremendously valuable option if someone's looking for a new career.
1: Okay. Wow. That sounds wonderful. So folks out there listening, if you're thinking about what kind of career path you want to be on, if you're younger or if you're a little older, like me, wanted to transition into a new career, seems like the intelligence industry, the connectivity industry, the mobility and transportation area, is something you may want to think about because as technology grows, more and more traditional industries are becoming more and more fluid. So and then going back to Elaine in terms of entrepreneurship, with the with all of the work that you and your staff and your team does in terms of training people, educating people and get it, getting them to the next level of their careers, what inspires you to do this work?
0: I'll tell you a story. This is what inspires me to do this work. Um, A few years ago, there's a local, there's a local nonprofit called Vista Maria, and I was fortunate enough to be able to be uh, recognized just for, you know, being a woman that has impacted um, an industry, but more so than anything, just someone that wants to be a positive influence. Um, I go and I see these young women that were at Vista Maria. You know, they went through a bunch of hardships. You know, sometimes I look at the hardships that I went through, and then I look at some of the things that they had to go through, Sure. and I think, wow, I have been through nothing. And I see these women and these young men that went through areas of their life where they literally had no hope, and some of them, you know, were just broken. And to see them pick themselves up and say, not only am I not going to be broken, But I'm going to aspire to be something even better and go from zero to 60 and pick themselves up as a person and enter into jobs that are creating a lifeline for their families. That's what inspires me. If I'm able to help one person that thought that they couldn't make it yesterday, get into something where they wake up every single day. And they say, I want to go to work because I like doing this. And then potentially, who knows, they may be able to encourage one more person that didn't feel good yesterday to do the same thing tomorrow. I think that that is what drives me every day. And Detroit is such a great place to do that because, I mean, Don, I I get passionate about this. And if you see me on stage, this is where my hand starts waving because (laughs) um, we have always been known as a place of automotive. I mean, we right. started automotive. Right. Ford was here. We were the beginning. Right. And I've been so proud that over the last decade and two decades, we've had a Department of Transportation that has really embraced this. And we've had folks like May Mobility, not only the GMs and Fords, clearly everybody knows their name, but we've had other startup companies that have emerged out of this city and we're showing the world that look you know what everybody knows we had a hard time a few years ago but just like those stories that i said in vista maria we're going zero to 60 and there's this makes me proud to work in this industry that's a global industry this isn't something we're just talking about in the midwest this is a global industry and if we really apply ourselves here in Detroit. We have every resource that we need to be gamefully employed and to remain leaders if we stick together as a community.
1: Well, the one thing, too, Elena, you've been around here long enough to see the changes and where we've come from. The wonderful thing about it is that the auto industry itself has also embraced high tech. And now you see all the mobility and, and like you say, autonomous vehicles yes. and, and all the, all these different things. And shout out to my people over at Techstars Mobility, all of the startups that are coming out of there um oh, that yeah. shop, it, it's just wonderful to see that because this is what we need to get our city and our region and our state to the next level as well because we have to catch up and start, and especially in terms of tech we got to catch up with the rest of the country and the rest of the world sometimes you know it seems like that sometimes rather but um and, and then in terms of Detroit what's your take on the tech and entrepreneurship scene here overall
0: So I love what Ted's doing. Um, I absolutely love, you know, the scene that's going on right now. One of the things I'd like to just say, and I, I say this a lot, but, you know, we have such a great history in automotive. I love that we embrace that. And with Techstars, one of the things that I really enjoy seeing is we have these great organically grown startup entrepreneurs. Yes. that are coming into tech but they're also bringing their strong foundation in process, automotive and the ability to merge the two cuz if you think about it Don it's a much different development process for software as it is for automobiles. Oh yeah. And if you have both that knowledge and the ability to grow these strong startups here then have the access to walk across the street to GM and potentially contribute to them or to be able to gain some value and knowledge from their process oriented mindset. It's a really great place to be something different. We don't have to be another, you know, another West Coast. We don't have to be another, you know, another East Coast. We can be what we are yes. by embracing what we have here. And that's where I think we could be unique.
1: Absolutely, because if you think about it, all over the world, people have to get to places. They have to get from A to B. Transportation is the main vehicle, you know.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. So, and then in terms of uh, entrepreneurship itself, what what would what kind of advice would you have for others that are looking to step into leadership or entrepreneurship? And what how would you recommend for our listeners that are here locally to get involved in? you know, the Detroit ecosystem or any other ecosystem where they, wherever they are across the world.
0: So I, when I'm asked this question, I usually say that there are three things that I would tell anybody that is interested in either being an entrepreneur or a leader. The first one is be prepared to fail because if you don't fail, you're not doing anything different and you typically learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. Sure. The second thing is don't give up. So, there's when you have a very well laid out plan and you understand where you're trying to get, make sure that you have those milestones put together. And just because you miss one or you have to pivot a little bit, don't give up, just stay the course. And the most valuable thing that I ever had in my career was strong mentors. I had yeah. one mentor. And uh, he he's may listen or may not, but I had one mentor and I, I really loved what he said. He said, you know, all entrepreneurs, I, he was a an investor and he says, all the entrepreneurs that I always talk to, they always come to me. And the first thing they say is I'm looking for funding. He said, you know what I'd say to them? He said, I would say, if you're looking for money, ask for advice. If you're looking for advice, ask for money.
2: Right. And it,
0: that always stuck with me because it was more. It more spoke to me in that sometimes you need a little advice. Money doesn't always solve the problem. Right. So align yourself with a strong mentor. And it doesn't have to be some multimillionaire that's you know sold companies. If you have access to that, that's great. But someone that has been in the business, been in the industry, seek them out. Someone that has been where you are or where you want to go and really listen to them. Don't try to sell them your idea. Listen to what they have to say, because they can save you a lot of headaches, you are going to fail. And when you do, it's nice to call them and say, you know, you told me so. But those are the three things that I normally tell leaders and potential entrepreneur is make sure to align yourself with mentors, don't give up and you will fail at some time.
1: For those of you out there listening, please take heed to that. Rewind it if you have to, because that is a golden nugget of advice for anybody looking to be an entrepreneur in any area it doesn't not just about tech or mobility it's also opening up a shop opening up a business It's is the same concept thank you that's so right. and thanks for elena for that that's a that's a word of wisdom i think it's very very valuable and then so since you are a, prof- a professional in terms of helping people with career development skill development and training what what would you say to employers in terms of embracing new areas like connectivity, mobility, and and the new tech scene going on. What 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 would you what, what's your outlook on what employers need to do?
0: You know, what we're seeing is employers are really, I, I'm pleased to say, they're really getting on board with this. Good. Um the managers we're seeing they have a clear vision of what they need to hire. Now, again, I'm not the rosy person to paint a happy picture all the time. We are seeing a little bit of a disconnect at times with the traditional job descriptions and the skills that the, um, that the managers are looking for. Sure. So I think we have to, if I had to talk straight to the employers, it's, it would be really great. And as we do talk to some employers, we tell them that trying to bridge that gap between, because sometimes the HR directors, are their hands are tied. They must meet certain requirements for certain jobs, even though a candidate may be very well qualified. You know they can't hire them unless they have X, Y, Z. Right.
2: Um.
0: Our our chart to the employers has been take the person that is the manager and going to be hiring these people. Have them talk to the HR and get the best candidate relevant to the job, the job description. Um, the employers are like I said, they're really embracing this. They're beginning to hire more. There are so many jobs out there. Um, I just can't. I can't stress that enough. 19,000 jobs in the area. That's a lot of jobs. And there's, there's projected to be between now and the year, you know, 2020, just in cyber alone, there's projected to be 2 million jobs nationally. Um, That's, you know, we're talking numbers that are really, really large. So when you're a, an employee, a, a person looking to get into a career, what I would suggest is really do your research on what it is you want to do. So if it's in the cybersecurity realm, and let's say it's an automotive, um, research the certifications that are out there and get the right one. Just don't go get the first one that you see because sometimes they're not going to hire. Right. Um, at and and look at the employer that you're looking for. So back to the employer side, an employer will typically say if you have this certification, this certification, and this certification, you could work in a this level of a job. The last thing that I would like to say for anyone that's wanting to get a career in this field, sometimes you may have to take a step backward to take a step forward. Yes. So for instance, um, we were at an employer just last week and the people that were being hired, they were just finished with one of our training um, with one of our trainings. They were being hired by an employer. They had to start at a little bit of a technician level earlier than what they had been in a previous job because they had to take that pathway to move up. So don't set your expectations that if you don't have an engineering degree, you're going to start at an engineering level, but know that if you go on a technician level, there are pathways for you to progress very quickly with those skill sets. So that's both to the employer and the employee. The employer will take a, will take the people that they need to do the work, But the employee needs to understand that starting a new career, you're going to move up faster, but don't um, discount it because it wasn't exactly the fit that you thought it was going to be up first.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Thank you so much for highlighting both sides of the coin, both uh, for the potential employee and the employer. And then on that note, we're bringing it back to a local point here in Detroit. What do you see as in terms of companies, maybe moving to Michigan, maybe moving to the metro Detroit area? what would you say are the strengths of locating here and specific opportunities that you see here versus anywhere else?
0: You know, I always like to say uh, we have such uh, such a strong workforce here in Michigan. And we also have a, the universities that are here are phenomenal. A couple of things that moving your company to Detroit, I always tell small companies when I meet with them all around the U.S. If you want to be in a place where you can learn about autonomy and you can learn about automotive, Detroit's the place to be. So you can have a software background and move here and get such a vast education just by being here around all the companies that are already here. Um, We are also such a strong area because we have a high concentration of engineers. So our engineering talent is phenomenal here in the in the local region but we also have skills trade and there's skills trade that understand the implementation and the manufacturing side of automotive which is a very special skill set so if there's anywhere in the world where you would want to open a company that was developing product around transportation i can't think of another place other than detroit that would be better suited to grow
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's it's very important. And as we go into the next level of tech and even, you know, the the advent of mobility and everything else, you know, we we locally even have needs here. Public transportation is a big need here, you know, with the the discussions over rapid transit, regional transportation and all those things. I mean, what better way? what better fertile ground to do that through autonomous vehicles? You know, I might want to catch a self-driving taxi from the Metro Airport in Romulus, downtown Detroit. You know, I, have to, I can relax when I get off the plane, get in the car. I can relax, you know, until I get to my hotel room, you know what I'm saying? And be able to you know, just, just enjoy the scenery and, you know, because the stresses of driving are enough alone, especially here in Detroit.
0: Right. And, you know, and Don, that's such a great point. I, I made a, a point earlier today on that we also have implementations that you can actually see. So one of the, you know, we're a supporter and a member of SEMO, which is an aftermarket for the automotive. Right. And one, and that organization was developed and arose around devices that were created after automotive. Okay. It was making the car faster. It right. was making the car, you know, better. Right. Well, if you think about autonomy and mobility, okay, we're going to have aftermarket devices. Well, Michigan is one of the few places, and there are there are other areas down south and on the east coast and certainly the west coast that have deployments of autonomous vehicles. Right. But we also have the American Center for Mobility, which is a huge resource if you want to be able to test and be in an environment where you're around other entrepreneurs that are developing product around Autonomy or Connected. We have the University of Michigan that has an autonomous bus for their students right on campus. Wow! We have the GM Testing Center. We have May Mobility. They have an actual deployment of autonomous vehicle right downtown. Um, There's so many real world examples that are happening right in Detroit. And so it's not only conceptual here. It's a reality that's happening today. And yes. to be around that reality is invigorating.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then one last question for you in terms of the local scene. How, how did you come across Bamboo Detroit?
0: Well, you as I said earlier, you guys are doers. So <laughs> doers no doers, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it's really about the community. I have to say, Don, we're very much involved in the community because we realize that you can't be anything if you don't have community supporting you and if you don't com- support the community. So you just have such a great name. Of being able to help people get connect with jobs and help other people connect with companies. And it's just that ability to be a connector and a doer that really attracted us and that that we know about you because you're you're blazing a trail and setting a really good example for those who I mean, you know, if you look at the Silicon Valley area, the reason they're so strong is they have a community and a community of doers. And we can be the exact same here in Detroit and are exactly the same by leveraging and, and being part of communities you know, like you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we close out, can we get some contact information for you as well as Next Education?
0: Oh, of course. Yes. Um, the Next Education, we're online and it is thenexted.com. So you can go there at any time and and see you know, all of our all of our website, you can see how to call us and contact us. And then you could always email me directly at eFarnsworth at nexted.com
1: Wonderful. Well, Elena, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us here on the Doers Network. There was a great conversation and a lot of good information. So for folks out there listening, please, 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 if you if you're thinking about changing careers, if you're interested in transportation, mobility, autonomy, please contact miss elena farnsworth as well as her team at the next education and for that being said thank you elena so much for being on the show
0: thank you don i really appreciate you having me
1: thank you all for listening you've been listening to the doers network where actors grow and thrive we hope you've enjoyed listening to our interview with elena farnsworth founder and ceo of the next education an organization dedicated to helping people get skills for the 21st century, specializing in intelligent transportation systems, mobility, and autonomy. For more information, you can go to www.thenexted.com. Again, that's www.thenexted.com. If you'd like to get in contact with Elena herself, you can email her at eFarnsworth, F-A-R-N-S, W-O-R-T-H at thenexted.com This podcast is produced and brought to you by Bamboo Detroit located in the heart of downtown Detroit Bamboo Detroit specializes in co-working space and amenities for entrepreneurs and forward thinkers Bamboo Detroit where we do more together because Detroit is for doers If you would like to support our podcast you can become a sponsor of the Doers Network We have gold, silver and bronze packages available if you have a business you would like to promote, you'll be able to reach over 10,000 listeners around the world each month at your fingertips. So, if you want to reach our audience of founders, CEOs, innovators, and leaders, become a sponsor today. For more information, email us at infobamboodetroit.com. We appreciate your support by subscribing to our podcast right here on the Doers Network. Thanks for listening
0: to The Doer's Podcast, where actives grow and thrive. The Doer's Podcast is produced by Bamboo Detroit Network. For more information, visit us at bamboodetroit.com.